Welcome to the Free Speech Nation podcast with me, Andrew Doyle. Today, my guest is the YouTuber Marcus Meekin, better known as Count Dankula. You will have probably heard of Count Dankula because of a rather infamous case. It was known as the Nazi Pug case, and this uh, took place about four years ago where Marcus was prosecuted under the Communications Act for making a joke video in which he taught his girlfriend's pug dog to do a Nazi salute. I'm thrilled that Marcus is here with me now. Marcus, thanks for joining me. No, it's good to be here, man. Good now, to finally sit down and talk about it all in yeah, full. Exactly. So it's all out, it's all done now. It's six years ago, actually, since the... For, uh, it's been six years since my arrest. And, and about four years since the trial. Is that about Yeah, right? roughly about that, aye. But, you know, when, I, when we talk about Nazi pugs and everything, pe- people watching will be like, if they haven't read about this, they'll think this is absolutely insane. Right? Yeah. So we're going to have to go back right to the start, I think, and tell people what happened. So y- you made this video on YouTube... Yeah. Uh, you had very few subscribers at that point. How many did you have? Some Eight. Eight subscribers? Who I all knew. They were all my friends. <laughs> okay, like, okay. Yeah. And what, what happened? It was a case of just uh, my girlfriend, now my wife, uh, she loved this, our pet pug and everything, thought it was the cutest thing ever. She used to lift it up and shove it in my face, going, look how cute he is and everything, and that just kind of annoyed me. Yeah. So I decided that I would turn it into the most horrible thing ever, which is a Nazi, so that she could see what a, what a horrible thing her little cute dog had become. So I taught him to uh, raise his paw whenever I said, see Kyle, and I taught him to jump around excitedly when I said... A phrase that... A certain phrase. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which was an extreme phrase, but that was yeah. the joke. That yeah. was the point. I was the, I was the idea of having this cute, lovely, adorable little animal acting all happy to something absolutely horrendous. Like, yeah. that was that was part of the joke. And then uh, I filmed it. And the idea was to then show my girlfriend the video. And she would have got very upset and, like, blah, blah, blah. It would have been a funny prank. She would have been furious. And, yeah. But it would have been worth it. But uh, someone found the video on YouTube... Uh, before I had a chance to show it to her, they posted it to Reddit, it went viral after it went on Reddit, and then shortly afterwards I was uh, arrested. So yeah. the thing about this is you explain the joke in the video yeah, itself. At, at the very start of the video, I say what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Yeah, you say I'm not a racist, I'm not an anti-Semite. Yeah. I'm do- yeah, it's all explained, which you're not meant to do with jokes, right? Yeah, yeah to- clear, but- clear context was given, yeah. But you must have known that... that, that- someone might have found it and misinterpreted it so that's I thought it was whenever you upload that wasn't meant to be something there's like 400 hours of content gets uploaded to YouTube every minute I thought it was just going to be a needle and a stack of needles yeah yeah, I didn't think anyone would find it but somehow someone found it and you got what 3 million views or something the video I think the video got up to about 3 million views before it ended up getting taken down so talk us through this then because from my understanding and correct me if I'm wrong about any of this but the uh, the police hadn't received any complaints, even though it had been seen by three million people. No one complained to the police, at least that's what they told me. However, one of the officers who was given evidence in court slipped up a little bit and said something that they shouldn't have. Oh, really? Where I... Now, I don't know if this is true. I don't know if this is true. It was just when they were asked about a complaint being made. Yeah. Uh, the officer says that it was... Uh, the Scottish Council of Jews who made the complaint after the reporters went to them with the video. Now, I don't know if that's true. So as far as I'm aware, no com- the, the official thing that I'm being told by the police is no complaint was made. So the police decided to just act. I mean, that's what I'd read, that the police were actually trawling for complaints, that they approached the Scottish Council of Jewish Communities and said, "Yeah, look at this video. Do you find that offensive? And I guess 
and I, then they got a witness to come in right. was, yeah basically they went to find someone who was offended yeah so it was a case of no one came to the police saying they were offended they went out hunting for someone who was offended but you can understand why a Jewish person might be offended by that video. Oh, yeah, if they're offended by it, I completely understand why. Like, it's a case of, I'm not asking people to find the joke funny. That's a yeah. bit, you know, it's a bit arrogant. Like, you will find my, <laughs> my comedy funny. Like, you can't do that. I'm, I'm just asking people to understand that it was a joke. Right? Yeah, if you yeah. don't like the joke, absolutely fine. But I shouldn't go so, to jail for it. <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so tell me about the arrest. I mean, did you, did you have any inkling this was coming? I had no idea that this was coming at all. No idea that uh, basically making an offensive joke was illegal. I mean, I've had run-ins with the law before, but I mean, I'm Scottish, I drink. Yeah, happens. comes with the territory. Yeah, it does. But uh, I didn't think for like making a very, an, an offensive joke, because when the police turned up at my house, I, I was getting all kinds of like death threats and all that type of stuff at this point. So I thought, or oh, maybe they're here to talk to me about that. But they came in and they had a little bit of a chat with me about the video and why I made the video and blah, 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 and like an idea to let them in. I know not to do that now. <laughs> but uh, they basically just matter-of-fact said, well, we're here to arrest you. And my, my first response was to laugh and just sort of be like, shut up. Like, yeah, what, yeah. what do you mean you're here to arrest me? And they basically said, yeah, we're arresting you under Section 127 of the Communications Act of 2003 because you posted grossly offensive material onto social media with the intent to cause blah 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 feelings 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 and yeah. all that type of stuff so then ended up i was uh put in handcuffs and uh led out the house they, luckily they let me get changed yeah as well. they let me get changed but uh one of the things that was really weird is that i had reporters harassing me and my family for like ages before it right but then i managed to have a chat with the local youths yeah. <laughs> and told them if anyone in the streets a reporter Ask them nicely to leave. <laughs> so, like, yeah, basically, so we got them out the street. And for days, no reporters, no journalists, no nothing. But then when I spoke to my neighbours, they says that as the police arrived, journalists were arriving with them. Now, if the police uh, speak or communicate with journalists in any way, they're supposed to be a report. They're supposed to be, this is what the police told the journalists. Now, no such report exists. Really? But the journalists knew the exact date and time of my arrest. There have been a few uh, things like this, like with the Cliff Richard uh, story. It's the perp, perp walk. They yeah. want the pictures of the big bad Nazi getting led out the house in handcuffs. And, and, and like I saw that, that picture, you, you getting led away. It's one of my favourite pictures because I'm, <laughs> la I'm laughing my head off because I come out and there's just reporters taking pictures of me like over, over a meme. Yeah. <laughs> it's like over a meme, but it was a case of... That was really sus because it's a case of either the police broke protocol and tapped off the press or the press are psychic. And you well, never know. Yeah, you know, never <laughs> know. I wonder what happened. So yeah. had you ever heard of this Communications Act and this idea no. that you could potentially be breaking the law by making an offensive gag? I had no idea that what I was doing was illegal. I had no idea it was a crime. Because people don't know, do they? They don't know that, you know, what is it, 3,000 people arrested a year under this act for saying offensive things online? Yeah, arrested, investigated, or they get their little, what's it called again, the non-crime non hate incident yeah, yeah. marked on the little secret record. But yours wasn't a non-crime hate incident. Yours yeah, was a crime, a crime hate incident, right? yeah. so, so You know, I'm a professional. It's a, <laughs> it is sort of amazing, isn't it? So all over a pug. Yeah. Um, so they thought you were trying to radicalise people to the far right through pugs, basically. Yes. They, they, they were genuinely... And do you think it's genuine? When, I mean, you were talking to the, the police. D did it feel like they really felt this? They really... One, one police officer... He didn't, he, he didn't outright say this, but he, it was very clear where he was like, 
I'm just doing my job, man. Yeah, like, okay. I, I think it's all nonsense and all that. But then one guy was saying, what if someone saw your video and went out and committed a crime? And I went, if anybody saw that video and went out and done it, they were going to commit a crime regardless. Like, yeah, exactly. That was, that was an inevitability. Like, they, they were going to do something eventually. You know, like, I mean, Ollie Hitler's speeches are on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> you know what, man? Imagine if you watched one of them. <laughs> like, Jesus. Because you wonder, don't you, like, to what extent the police are, are fe- thinking, oh, I've got to go and investigate this again. You know, there's an, someone's yeah. asked me about a tweet or something. Or, you, know. you do wonder to what extent it's zealous police officers or whether they are reluctantly just doing their job, you know? Because it's come from the top, hasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was a case of... There, were, there was a lot of stuff that came from the top. Yeah. And I mean, it was sort of weird. It's basically like the prosecution in the courts really wanted this conviction like yeah. they really wanted it because we were completely screwed over at every stage of the appeals process and everything as well to my point where my lawyer and my, like my legal team who a lot of them have been in the game for decades and everything and we were all sitting at a table and this was like at the end of the defeat and they were all saying things like we've never seen anything like this yeah. we've never seen every every single door slammed in our face for like nonsense reasons so, what, so, so can you explain, like, the whole process was, what, two years or something like that? Yeah, well, that well, the initial trial was about two years. Right. Yeah, twice as long as Nuremberg. And <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, like you say, yeah. you're a professional, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they, from what I understand, cybercrime intelligence were looking at all your emails, texts. Yeah. So you were thoroughly they were investigating. They found a lot of weird porn, yeah. Definitely, <laughs> <laughs> definitely man. Like, I saw the guy in the toilets afterwards and he couldn't look me in the eye. And I'm like, I know what you've seen. <laughs> so, it was all legal, obviously. <laughs> I'd be facing different charges, but I know what you've seen. But they were looking for, uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's not go into it. But uh, they were looking for fascistic, far-right. They were looking for, like any links to like far right groups you know any emails of me you know tweets saying that saying the 14 words my white brothers and all all this garbage and everything and they did say in court did you find any you know far right opinions far right leanings nazi leanings nazi texts or anything like even even a leaflet from national action through the door or something and the guy said no we, we didn't find anything like that because it turns out i'm not. Not a Nazi. Yeah, I mean, yeah exactly. The, this is what is fascinating about, about this, is that by the prosecution's own admission, they had no, they found no evidence, no, no, nothing yeah. of any connection with you with far-right leanings other than the video itself. Yes. And that is only evidence of far-right leanings if you interpret it to be so. Yes, exactly. So, but as a prosecutor, they're going to interpret anything whatever way they want to suit the narrative. Because the, the prosecutor was trying to, everyone, and people say this all the time, why why didn't he make any free speech arguments like when he was in court? Yeah. And the thing is, we wanted to, we tried to, but the prosecutor was saying, you were advocating for the deaths of people. And you right. can't turn around and go, well, that's my free speech. No, no, no. <laughs> like, right. But he, he knew that. He, like, the prosecutor knew that that was garbage. He knew that that's not what I was doing. Right, but he stuck to that argument because he knew, he basically knew, if they get to make the free speech arguments, they win. Yeah. So he went, so I'm going to make up all this garbage. <laughs> like, all this garbage and not let them make their free speech arguments. If, so. if people haven't seen the video, I don't know if they can now, I think no, it's, it's, it's not there. No, it's been scrubbed everywhere. But it's, you know, it's not, you watch it and it's, it's unequivocally meant to be a joke. Even if you don't find it funny, yeah. it's so silly the premise is so daft, you know, uh, that you, you, I mean, you trained the dog, Buddha, isn't it? Buddha the dog. Buddha, to, yeah. to, to do a Z card, to raise its paw 
Yeah. Like a Hitler salute. I mean, that's funny even with me describing it. I'm thinking that's got to be a bit funny. Yeah. It's so, like, I don't think it's funny anymore. I'm, it's a, dead, no, it's it's a, a dead, totally dead sure. joke to me now. But it's like, yeah, like, I get that. Like, the whole point was like humour. I mean, I knew some people were going to be offended, right? Sure, but I didn't sure. think offending people was a crime. I mean, if I was running around the street screaming the N-word and screaming threats at everyone, yeah, then I'd be yeah. like, okay, I could understand getting a knock at the door because I'm running around threatening people. But... I thought, like, when I make this, I'm I'm clearly having a laugh. There's no genuine malice behind what I'm doing. Anyone would be able to see that. That's why I thought, just in case, I'll include the context in the video of me explaining yeah. the joke at the beginning. S- still, still got slapped in handcuffs. So how weird was it in, in court? I mean, surely the people watching in court must have found it a bit funny. It I mean, was it- so hard to keep a straight face, but the problem is all my fans kept turning up in, <laughs> in, in the courthouse, and one guy... Uh, ended up getting in trouble because he was solving a Rubik's Cube while the judge was talking and everything but that was funny but it was like there was just some of the stuff that got said Um, I I made the prosecutor furious because I realised that court is a lot like Twitter Yeah. when you're arguing except the good thing is is they can't block you Right. <laughs> all that. So basically, I've, I've had a lot of experience on Twitter arguing with people, and that's a lot what court is, pretty much. So uh, I made the prosecutor very, very angry when none of the stuff he said stuck. Yeah. And that felt very, very good. And I thought, like, my lawyer and everybody was going like that. You, you won there. You won when you were on the stand. Didn't matter. <laughs> like, lost, lost the court well, that's anyway. The, that's the thing, though. Like, I think people won't know. It's a sheriff's court in yeah. Scotland, so there's no jury. No jury. I didn't get a jury trial. No, it was just down to the judge okay. himself. Yeah. So, so that makes it harder as well because I would have thought with the jury. Well, this is, this is the problem: is it was a boomer judge. The guy was in like his sixties or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So these are people that have got a very old school sense of humour and sense of comedy and stuff like that. Like, see, for example, if I said the, if even if it was something like the C word yeah. or whatever, good, good luck convincing a 60, 70 year old judge that the C word isn't grossly offensive. Sure, like you're you're gonna you're gonna catch one for that. So that's the problem, isn't it? That although, like, if you take someone like Mel Brooks, who's a lot older than that, he's done jokes about the Nazis. Yeah, he's 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 kind of the master of it, though. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, as soon as you see him, I mean. We, we were watching the producers and everything like the other night and everyone, and just some of the jokes that he makes is kind of like, oh God. But then as soon as you see his face, you're like, ah, oh, it's fine. Yeah. It's Mel Brooks. It's Mel Brooks, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, but yeah, you say this, now you use the phrase there, grossly offensive. So that so basically the, the, the prosecution was secured yeah. on solely this basis. Subjectivity, yeah. So, so if they determined, if the judge determined it was just merely offensive, you would have been found innocent, right? But yeah. Because it was deemed grossly offensive. Yeah. So... How did that, how was that justified? What how what's the difference? I have no idea why that's a law. It's absolute utter subjectivity. Like and like I said, like the older judge, it all comes down to what he yeah. finds grossly offensive, right? And an old man like that is going to find a lot of things offensive. It's, it's not the sort of yeah. you could just write a list. Yeah. These things are grossly offensive. These things are offensive. Yeah, that, it's, that it's, can't be done. No, no one can agree. On like you're not going to find something that everyone universally classes as grossly offensive. Everyone's going to have different takes and different varying degrees on what offends them, right? So yeah. you're not going to reach a consensus on it. And it's a case of whenever you go into court for you know if you're being arrested under Section One Two Seven, you're not being convicted on like objective fact, mm. right? Did you steal? Did you murder? You know, here's the evidence. Blah blah blah. Like those are like a pretty objective cases. This. As a roll of the dice, it's a case of does the judge think 
yeah, you did yeah, yeah. <laughs> think that what you did was wrong. Like that's that's the problem that you're facing. But this is law, and there, there are people, hundreds of people every year that are getting convicted under this law. It's mad. I mean, and in case people don't know, what was the outcome of your trial? I was uh, found guilty, which we, we knew that was going to happen, but it was a. Uh, I got my lawyer to read out a statement at the end of the trial that basically says, if I'm given community service, I will not do it. If yeah. I'm given a fine, I will not pay it. Uh, I was going to say, if, I, if they gave me prison, but then it's a case you can't really argue against that. Can you? They kind of grab you and take yeah. you there. Yeah. But uh, I says, I'm not paying it, I'm not doing it. And then I just went, because I'm not a criminal. I was exercising my right to free speech, which includes the freedom to offend. I'm not a criminal and I reject the court's ruling. And the judge did kind of look at me a little bit, but he called my bluff and basically says, you've been guilty, here's an £800 fine. Yeah. And I left the courthouse and everything to everybody, like cheering and everything, which was lovely, but I was just not paying the fine. So you didn't pay the fine. Uh, you'd had a crowdfunder for the for the court case, is that right? That was, that was the uh, initial court case, but then afterwards we had to do another crowdfund for the appeal, because appeals okay. are like way more expensive. But like... Uh, even though I refused to pay the fine, I was getting like letters all the time going, oh, it must be paid by this date. Oh, the date's approaching, you haven't paid your fine. And then, okay, the date's passed now, there's a warrant out for your arrest. Did you think you might go to prison? Yeah, I was prepared, fully 100% prepared to go to prison. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm Scottish, they wanted me to pay them money. No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not, especially the government. But you gave it to a charity, didn't you? I, I, to, to prove uh, that I had the money and yeah. it wasn't about that. I, I donated £800 to a children's hospital just to prove I've got the money, just you're not getting it. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the sick children can get it instead. But in the end, they got it anyway, didn't they? The, well, what happened was um, I got those letters and they, there was a warrant out for me, but the problem was my wedding was coming up and I thought, oh no, I, I don't want to get arrested like towards the wedding yeah. and everything. So I thought, I'll get it over and done with now. So I called the police on myself yeah. and says, here I am, I'm at this address you know, warrant out for me, blah, blah, blah. And no no joke, the police says, we are aware, but we're not going to come and get you until your name comes up on the computer. Really? Yeah. So I'm like, but I'm the wanted man <laughs> on the phone with you right now telling you exactly where I am. And they, they made this whole, oh, but you're not dangerous. Yeah, the police like, clearly <laughs> suggest they knew that this yeah. was nonsense, right? Yeah, it was It was just like, uh, you know, maybe I was like, ah, well, I better make another video. You know, people are in danger. <laughs> like, I better make a joke. But uh, ended up, like, they had actually planned to seize the money out of my account instead of coming down and arresting me where they knew that all of this would kick off again and I would refuse and refuse and refuse and they would ultimately have to put me in prison. Yeah. They knew that that was going to be... They'd already lost so much face with the initial trial that they just wanted me gone Of course. at this point. So what they did instead was seize the money out of my account. Now, the police are supposed to tell you if they're about to do that. Yeah. We received no notification whatsoever. It wasn't until my wife texted me that day going, none of our bills came out of the account and I looked in and went, why is there 800 pounds? 800 yeah, <laughs> man, I went. They've, they've stole it. They so essentially they, just, they, they stole it. from me. Yeah. <laughs> they just took it. Yeah. So uh, and and as far as they were concerned, they were like, "Oh, that's it. Dealt with. Now you've paid your fine. Thanks very much. Well, bye bye." It wouldn't yeah. have gone well for them. I think if you had gone to prison, it would have ex escalated the story even more. I know. It? That's why I was trying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they're, they're basically. I, I, that's the one little win that I got out of it. Where you know we played a game of chicken and they they blinked first. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah, that was so, the one little one. So in terms of as the trial was going on, so you got these two years of all, the, yeah. all this uncertainty and all the rest of it, lots of people online hating you, but you're getting a, a big fan base out of this, yeah. which you didn't have before. I mean, you said, what, there were just a few handful of followers on on YouTube. Yeah, I started, uh, I started making the usual left-wing bad, like sort of videos yeah, and stuff yeah. like that, and then they climbed a bit in popularity, but most of the content was about free speech, and I was just delivering bad news all yeah. the time. Yeah. Oh, this country's passed this law. Oh, this this woman's facing 40 years in prison for something she said on the internet. Yeah. I don't, don't visit Thailand. <laughs> but uh, basically it was just stuff like that and I ended up getting miserable with it because it was just bad news yeah, for yeah. freedom of speech all the time. So I decided to make uh, Mad Lads. Yeah, so instead. you make these funny videos, but Mad Lads is actually quite... It's different than that. It's not really just funny, popular it? as well. It, yeah. it blew up. I didn't expect it to get as big as it did, but it's the biggest thing on the channel. Do you want to just now. tell people what it's what it's about, what the premise is? It's a lot of people get mixed up and think that Mad Lad is an honorific title. Right. Uh, Mad lads are just basically anyone who is obviously a little bit mentally unhinged, like from history. But it can be good and it can be bad. Like for example, one of them was a. Uh, Mad Jack Churchill, who was a soldier in World War II, who stormed the beaches with a sword, a bow and arrow, while playing his bagpipes. Okay. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's the only person in World War II to get a confirmed kill with a bow and arrow. Right. And all that, right? That was, so that's hilarious. Like, that's funny and everything. So he's one of the good mad lads. But yeah. then you have other mad lads, like uh, General Butt-Naked, who was a Liberian warlord, who had an army of naked child soldiers yeah, and he would go in and massacre villages. Yeah, so that so was... That not was, a pleasant chap. No, he's <laughs> not, not a nice person <laughs> like, at all. So. so you've got the YouTube channel. How many subscribers have you got? 940,000 now. Uh, so, I mean, really, if it weren't for the, the pug video... If nobody made a big deal, I'd be no one. So if nobody made a big deal about it and the press didn't run with it and people weren't getting offended and getting me arrested over it, I would still be working as a bouncer. So that's uh, that's the Streisand effect, isn't it? That's the thing, you try and shut something... Streisand effect hurt me hard, man. Like, yeah. really hard. <laughs> like, this is my full-time job now. Like, I've I've got a studio with staff yeah. and everything now. Like, I, I should be still, like, working the doors. <laughs> man, that's what I should still be doing. But people wouldn't leave me alone. That was the thing. Was even after, like, Nazi Pug happened, I was trying to get, like, regular security work, but people kept recognising me. Yeah, it means you can't do normal jobs now. I can't do normal jobs now. And it was, like, even, like... Other security that wasn't door work and everything. It was a case of people were calling up my employers and harassing them into getting me fired and everything. Yeah, yeah. And I, I didn't want to do YouTube. I was like, like I, I wanted YouTube as a wee stupid side project yeah. that I just did for fun. But see, because I was at home 24 hours a day because I didn't have a job, yeah. I did it. I just got more involved in the hobby and then the hobby ended up taking off. So people that are really angry that I'm, that, that don't like me. Well, like, they they the, created it. They did. You know, so let's, Fra let's Frankenstein's talk monster, as some people like to say. <laughs> well, let's talk about your critics and the people that, you know, I, I read lots of articles in places like The Guardian, New Statesman, you know, those sort of... Reputable. Reputable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the activist publications, basically. Yeah. And they, they were calling you things like alt-right and all the rest of it. Their, their key arguments were uh, that they thought you, the Nazi pug video was a sincere declaration of... I mean, that was a nonsense argument. That didn't stand up. But then they were talking, Of course they were going to say that. Of course they were. But yeah. then they were talking most... Uh, often about Tommy Robinson or about the the, the people who because Tommy Robinson came out and supported you yeah and and so they were saying well you're basically the same then and and all the rest of it so do you think how do you respond to that where were they yeah like where where were they nobody for the Guardian like there was very few 
mainstream comedians who came out and supported me. Some of them posted a tweet, which is some, and some people were annoyed at that, going, "All they did was tweet," and I'm like, "Yeah, but it's still something." Yeah, and everything, right? But I had like. Everyone's like, oh, you ran away to like the right wing and everything like that. You ran away to Alex Jones and Tommy Robinson. I went like, yeah, because they contacted me and they wanted to help. Yeah. Right. No and one from the left wing media, no major left wing comedians, like none of them came to help me. If anything, they were demonizing me and attacking me. And I was at this point, I was still like, I'm probably going to go to jail over this. Yeah. I'm probably going to go to prison. And I was worried. Like, I was a bit scared and everything. So... These guys came out to help me, and they did. Because Tommy Robinson was with Rebel Media at the time. Yeah. Uh, Alex Jones is Infowars. Uh, but you, you, I mean, it wasn't, it never was a right-left issue, this, surely. I don't understand why free speech has become a right-left issue. I, I, I truly, I cannot, like, every, free speech benefits everyone. Like, literally every single person. Yeah. It doesn't matter what walk of life or what, or what political persuasion you have. Like, it, it's to the benefit of absolutely everyone. Right, so I don't understand why we've got two sides now that are trying to yeah. pick away at each other's freedom of speech when all they're doing is absolutely screwing everyone over. But then they say, well, because people like Alex Jones are the ones flying the flag for free speech, now it has become a right-wing issue, right? And therefore the left, we can't touch it because otherwise we're the same as Alex Jones. I think that's the logic, right? Yeah, but it's stupid. That's not, lo well, that's not logical. <laughs> it's a case of, it's, it's almost like saying like that, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm against... Uh, I'm against breeding pterodactyls and turning Britain into like Jurassic Park where grannies are going to be getting carried off and devoured into hills and stuff like that. But then that becomes a right-wing issue and then the left start going, actually, we love pterodactyls devouring pensioners. Yeah. Like, I, like, I, don't, I don't understand why that's a thing. Like, see if there's something that is to the benefit of everyone. Yeah. I don't understand, oh, did the smell, do the smelly kids like that? That's then, then let's not support that anymore. I, that doesn't make sense to me. The way you put it is exactly right because it is infantile, the idea of we're going yes. to stand for whatever our opponents don't like, yes exactly it's, yeah, it's, it's like a teenager if that it's that's that's high school politics yeah yeah just to address their other main thing because you did end up joining ukip <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, yeah but that started as a joke right it was it was this weird it was this weird sort of journey but it was a case of we were trying to find we went okay what political entities exist that could be a viable vehicle for getting freedom of speech out there into the masses. Yeah, right? And yeah. we did look at the major parties where SNP, Labour, Tories, you know, the big main ones, right? And we had to look at them and none of them care about freedom of speech at all. If anything, all of them are passing laws to erode it even further. So they were right off right away. We were like, well, no, they hate freedom of speech and they want it gone. And there was like, Lib Dem, nobody cares about the Lib Dems, right? <laughs> so we were, then they said the only party we saw that actually had freedom of speech even mentioned in its manifesto was UKIP. And it was just, and it all started because we were supposed to do an event in Scarborough, right? And uh, we had the whole hall booked, everything was ready to go. And then people got the venue shut down, right? Because we were all white supremacists, Nazi, racist, blab, all the usual buzzwords, buzzwords. Yeah, yeah. And we got really annoyed and we were just drinking one night and we went, let's join UKIP, mate. <laughs> let's let's join UKIP and make a laugh out of it. So I made like a joke video of me like walking out of Scarborough Castle, going, "Your country needs you like garbage, like just one yeah. of those spoof things." But then it took off, and UKIP like proper like reached out to me and wanted to talk to me. Well, didn't you and, say like, something like, "If I get a certain number of retweets"? I said, "If I get ten thousand retweets, I'll join UKIP," and I didn't get ten thousand retweets, but I done it anyway. Right, okay. <laughs> and I, mean, I just done it for a laugh, and like, that was some people were picking at that as well. You didn't even get ten thousand retweets, and I was just like, I "Don't care, <laughs> <laughs> man." Like, uh, but ended up joined UKIP, and 
I did meet a lot of people in UKIP and I, at first I was a little bit believing the media. Like, I'd learned a lesson, but I was sort of like, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But when I was in UKIP, I met black people. There was Muslim, Muslim members of UKIP and everything yeah. like that as well. And I was sort of, and I was at parties when everyone was drinking and I'm like, oh, some stuff's going to get said. The entire time I was in UKIP, I didn't hear a single bit of racism. Right. Didn't hear any, you know, far-right opinions or but anything like that. that. Even you were thinking maybe there's something under the surface. A part of me was, a part of me was going like that, oh, oh, I'm going to hear some stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I didn't hear anything like that. And I was kind of like, wow, I've, I've got stuff like totally wrong. They've yeah, been yeah. totally lied to about this party. Yeah. But then... So then but, what, yeah. what happened with Europe? When, when... Oh, yeah, it was a case of I joined it and I went to a bunch of meetings and everything like that. Like everyone's there in suits. I'm there in a Metallica T-shirt and everything. Yeah. Uh, but... They did come up to me and said, do you want to run for MEP? And I thought, that'll be a laugh. I mean, isn't it incredible that they really embraced you oh, with yeah. all of this? Oh, yeah, they absolutely. You know, all of this you've been through, all of the whole trial and everything. Do, do you feel that you, if you could go back and do things differently, would you have changed anything? Would you have not made the video? At the very beginning, I was very neutered. I was very timid. I was, yeah. like, I was turning down interviews left and right. I went... Or I don't want to talk to this person. I can't be seen near this person. Or I don't want to do this. No, no, no. I don't want to talk to everyone. I was very quiet. I, w I wasn't talking online. I wasn't making videos or anything like that because I was so scared because I knew the police were watching me and all that type of stuff. And I wish I didn't act like that in the beginning. Okay. Because eventually I got to the point where I just got angry and... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I blew up and I just went, I don't care anymore. And everyone was like, oh, but you did this and you told a horrible joke. And I'm like, yes, and I'd do it again. Like, I just, it was at the point now where I went, I don't care. And I ended up saying to them, what are you going to do? You're going to get me fired? You're going to get me arrested? You've done all of those things already. There's nothing left that you can do. Do you, think, that, yeah. do you think a lot of this came out of the fact that there's a misunderstanding of what internet culture is all about? Nobody gets it. Nobody understands internet culture. Like, for the longest time... Like, since, like, early 2000s, like, we would all hang out in, like, voice chats. Used to be TeamSpeak and all that stuff where we used to say just utterly horrendous, like, horrible stuff to each other. Yeah. And, like, yeah, you would do that in, like, online games and everything as well. But there was no meaning behind it. There was no, like, genuine, like, stuff behind it. But... It's the point to shock for its own sake. The point was, like... Have you ever heard of, like, Woosah? No. Like a sort of like a noise you make to just sort of relieve tension. Okay. okay. So what you would basically do is say the most horrible word that you could think of that you're not allowed to say, the most horrendous thing, and after you say it, it's like a... Well, this is like catharsis. Let, That's it's, the old... ca it's cathartic. You don't mean the horrendous thing that yeah, you yeah. just said. It was just a horrible thing, basically, get, to get the evil in you out. Yeah, like, yeah. You know that man, just get rid of it and everything and calm down, but the problem is that ended up turning into... A crime <laughs> to do that. But. Because during the trial, I mean, so many of the debates that were going on, and, you know, I was uh, involved in some of these debates between comics and, and loads of comedians. I was so surprised by comedians just saying, oh, so one comedian said, let him rot in prison. And some comedians, so it's, it's like, uh, uh, one of the arguments they were saying, well, it's just not funny. It's not sophisticated enough. I'm like, that was that was their main sort of feeling. Well, that doesn't mean it should be a crime. <laughs> so, yeah, right, like, right. If a joke's not funny, it's not funny. It doesn't mean prison. But isn't, you know. it, isn't it disappointing that, Comedians in particular weren't getting behind you on this. As uh, I, I would have expected, one of the opinions that I respect the most is them saying things like, I did not find the joke funny, I found the joke in bad taste, but he absolutely should not have been arrested. That is such a fair opinion. That's a, a completely sensible, reasonable opinion. But then you were getting other people that were going, oh, no, no, he deserved it. 
But this yeah. is coming from like a seasoned comedian that's been in the game. He's been on TV. They've, they've been on QI. Yeah. yeah <laughs> All that yeah. stuff, man. They've been on 89 Cats and stuff like that. But they were saying, oh no, he should have been arrested. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like that. How can. How can you chip away at the foundation of your very, like, industry? Yeah. Like that, like, freedom of speech is what makes comedy, like, what it is. And it's a case of, like, that no one has ever says, oh, comedy is so much better with rules. Like, nobody's right. nobody yeah. said that, but these people are like, no, we want these rules. So to give an example, and I'm sure he won't mind me mentioning it because I've spoken about him, about this with him. Graham Linehan is obviously the creator of Father Ted and yeah. books. And he was very vocal in opposition to you. But he's now come around to the point of view that he was wrong about that. Uh, one thing I will say is when, like, I love the IT crowd, I love Black Books, I love Father Ted and everything like that. And I was very aware of who Graham Linehan was and everything and everything that he'd done. And seeing him say all that stuff about me, like, that hurt. Right. That I was kind of like, damn, that was like... I did not expect that coming for you. No, no. I did not expect that. And then he did do some sinister things. He tried to get my GoFundMe for my appeal shut down and stuff like that. And he was saying that I was a Nazi, blah, blah, blah. However, <laughs> he then became the target of police investigations because he decided to speak out against the trans lobby, yeah. who are a very powerful group, a very powerful and privileged yeah. group to the point where simply for criticising them, you can get a knock at the door by the police. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that happened to him very many times. And they, oh, Jesus, they went after him. They... Like got him kicked off his shows. They like his wife ended up leaving them. Like nobody and like nobody in television or movies will touch him. Yeah, they will not. He was ultra super cancelled, but his career's pretty much in ruins and everything. But he did change his mind about me, and he has said that he's sorry. He's not said it to me personally, but I've had seen him in multiple interviews where he says he was wrong about me and he's sorry about what he did and everything like that and I, I do actually accept his apology and, and I would talk to him. And you can see his point of view because at the time so many people were saying this about you and so it's very easy to get dragged in and just assume yeah. well my tribe, my you know the left or whatever that my, is, my group, my yeah. group are saying this so it must be true yeah. and we're all susceptible to that kind of thing. Oh yeah no we definitely are, You know, like it happens, you don't, you don't want to be the odd one out, you don't want to be the one rocking the boat, Yeah. you know. But also because he's also been, obviously had police attention well they you know they've had a word with him or whatever and, and and when it happens to you that's when you suddenly you sort of and i think a lot of people because they it hasn't happened to them they think it's all a myth they it think will. it's all it will eventually it will one of the things that I've, I've never comprehended about this whole oh the government should have so much more power over the things that we do and say and stuff like that and like offense so that we can stop the spread of fascism yeah and i'm like you've just given the government all the tools and laws it needs to enact fascism yeah. and everything. And it's a case of things might get that bad where like the fascist party might get voted in. We don't day. know what future governments are going to be like, right? So you don't want to set those... They'll be awful. I can tell you right now, they'll be absolutely <laughs> terrible. <laughs> like, name the last good one we had. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> yeah. But then what do we do? We have these hate speech laws on the statute books. You yeah. were prosecuted under the Section 127 of the Communications Act. Yeah. That's still there. It's still, you know... There's no appetite. I don't see politicians saying they're going to do anything about this. No. They will never get rid of anything that gives them more power. They'll, they'll never get rid of it. These speech laws like, are very, very widely used in foreign countries to suppress political dissent. Yeah. That's the ultimate end game of like, laws like this. Because, like, for example, China. China didn't just happen overnight. 
right? There was lots of little baby steps towards it. And China's speech laws actually started because China is a very, very big place. There's all different types of ethnicities all over China. Yeah. And there was racism in China. So they passed laws where you're not allowed to be racist to them to promote social harmony right. to the cause. And then ultimately... I mean, there's still happens. a lot of racism in China. Oh, yeah, there definitely is. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely an awful lot. But the, the goal was that was the baby step. That was the baby so, step towards you are now not allowed to criticise the party. Of course, because then it's in law. But the, but the, yeah. the argument, the counter-argument, people say, well, yeah, so you're basically saying you, you want racists and anti-Semites and everything to be able to say what they want. And, and you're, in other words, you're endorsing what they've got to say. No, supporting someone's right to say something is not the same as agreeing with what they say. Yeah. Right, it's a case of, yes, you are free to absolutely say those things. That doesn't mean, oh, therefore, I absolutely agree. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so, but you, you know, and they'll also say you're catastrophizing and you're saying we're going to end up like the Soviet Union or something like that. Yeah. But we might. Yeah, we might. <laughs> so That was the thing as well. What was it? 3,000 people in one year for yeah. social media posts? Yeah. The Soviet Union hasn't even done that. Well, not the Soviet Union, sorry. It's Russia, Russia today. Russia are still awful. Not as bad as what they were before, but they're, you know, they're still pretty bad. Yeah. But they didn't arrest 3,000 people for social media posts. Do you think your case, though, has, had, has helped draw attention to this? It's helped draw attention to it, and it's helped draw attention to just how awful and stupid this law is. Yeah. Because it is a subjective law. So, the, but, but the problem is that so many powerful people support it, and and, yeah. and and I mean like mainstream commentators, comedians, people in the arts, people like that's why it feels sometimes like the battles we're losing the battle in that sense because so many people who are quote unquote on the right side of history yeah. are saying it's really great that we empower the state so they can lock people up if they say the wrong thing oh, and yeah, that kind of thing. So, how do we turn that? How do we change that situation? I think more people are going to have to be affected by it. And it's already happening, because especially now with this, uh, what's it called, the protest law, where yeah. if your protest is noisy... Yeah. See, because I deal with a lot of the free speech stuff in Britain, when that first got put in front of me, I thought that was a joke. I thought it was a Babylon Bee article <laughs> or something for The Onion, where they went, a noisy protest, and I was like, ah, that's quite funny. What, what do you mean it's real? This is, a, this is yeah. a genuine law that's going to get passed. Like, utter, absolute, complete nonsense. And it's a case of, like, protests are supposed to be noisy. You're meant to be loud and get your message out there to the politicians who will not listen. Yeah. Right? That's the entire idea of it. And it's a case of this basically is a law to break up every single protest for any reason now. Well, it's saying that the police yeah. officers have to use their discretion. Is this too noisy or not? <laughs> I mean, this is mad. I mean, like you yeah. say, protest is going to annoy someone. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a protest. But the Tories are doing that, and then they're also doing this online safety bill. Mm -hmm. um, I assume you've got a few thoughts about that. Garbage. It's absolute garbage. It's basically giving everybody the... It gives the police, essentially, a warrant printing machine to get into people's computers. Yeah. Right. If you've, if you've visited any single website that contains like offensive memes and stuff like that, which is Twitter and Facebook, right? Everybody has a Facebook, everybody has a Twitter, like, everybody has an Instagram and all that. Essentially, is a warrant machine where the police can now, for any reason whatsoever, access anyone's computer remotely. That's, what, that's the point of this law. And that's your the, job is now online, right? So this must matter yeah. to you. And haven't you been demonetized by YouTube a couple of times? I got it back. You got it back? I got it back, yeah. So what happened there? Um... I was helped by a Jew, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, another, another creator who's a Jewish guy, H3H3. Uh, he's gone a little bit off the leftism deep end, though, but he still cares about freedom of speech. So he basically, he says, 
I didn't find the video funny, but you definitely should not have got arrested for it and everything, which again, I've said is a completely fair opinion. Yeah. He yeah. spoke to YouTube and went, come on. Really? Like, yeah, and I got my, got my adverts so back. So it was just a contact, really? It was just like, yeah. th th okay. And I've also spoken to some people at YouTube where I've told them my actual political opinions. Yeah. And they now, like, watch my videos where it's a case of, I don't, I don't hate minorities, I don't hate homosexuals, I hate the government, I hate the government so much, <laughs> like there's just, I, I despise them with every fibre of my being, they're, they're, they're the people that I genuinely truly hate, and I will discriminate against, Yeah, sure. and, and I do feel that they should be deported. <laughs> <laughs> and that's punching up, right? They're the government. Yeah, def definitely punching up, yeah. This is what I never understood about, the way that people characterised you in the press and stuff, because I've watched a lot of your videos, yeah. you mock ethno-nationalists and the alt-right, you've, 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 your views are so open and on record. Yeah. I, also, I make fun of the far right as much as I make fun of the far left. The problem is, is the far right stuff doesn't make it into the papers or make it into like you know little like vox pops or anything like that as well, where they cherry pick my quotes and stuff like that. It's always yeah. the far like, me hating on the far left that makes it out there. Have you had particular run-ins with anyone in the press that are memorable? I know you've been targeted oh, by a few uh, people. What was his name? Was it James Matthews? I think that might have been his name. Who was, that, was, that, was the guy, that was the guy outside the courthouse. Oh, okay. Uh, what was the publication? Sky. Sky okay, News. okay, okay. Yeah. But basically, he came up to me and says, oh, why is saying blah, 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 funny yeah. and everything? And I turned around and he went, ah, it's a crime. You shouldn't be saying it. And I went, you just said it. I remember yeah, that clip. I, I remember that discussion. Yeah. yeah. But that was the thing. It was like the press were printing the phrase that I said. Yeah. But the courts also said that context doesn't matter. So if that's the case and they quote it. Yeah. Then. They're just as guilty as me. Right, exactly. For saying the phrase. Exactly. Uh, you did try and appeal this, didn't you? Yes. Didn't go well. So this, talk, talk me through what happened. The first thing, basically I was tried in a sheriff court. Right. The only thing, after you get the sheriff court conviction, the only place that you can appeal to is the sheriff court of appeals. Okay. Any other court, you can go on to the high court, the supreme court, but the way the law works is you get the sheriff court of appeals and that's it. Right. Right. So you get two chances with that one. So uh, the first time we tried it was just an outright rejection and it was just... Just some screeching judge just basically saying things like, he pretty much said, how dare I appeal? I was lucky I got an £800 fine. I was lucky that's all I got. And then he also threatened to arrest my lawyer uh, for doing his job. What did he say? It was something like he should be charged with contempt of court. For, for appealing? For using the appeals process. <laughs> that was wow. Like, so, I, so basically, I don't know why it's there. I'm not sure why it's there, but we had another bite of the cherry with that and then that was also rejected. And we were then, after that, that was supposed to be it. But okay. we thought, let's, let's be cheeky. Let's try the high court anyway. Yeah. Right. And then that was an outright rejection. Okay. So then we did a thing called nobile Facium, which is this old law where you get to sit in front of the highest judges in the land. That's literally what it says. It's an old law. Yeah. Uh, and you get to... I make a request of them. So basically, we were asking them, we've been roadblocked by the Sheriff Court of Appeal because we can't go any further. So we wanted them to use their power to make us able to apply to the High Court. Yeah. So we were appealing to be able to appeal. I see. Yeah. But then they basically says, that's out with our power. Okay. The, high, the highest judges in the land. So you've gone as yeah. far as you can. Well, what we did was we decided... Oh, 
apply to the High Court anyway and everything. Okay. But then uh, that was an outright. Didn't even didn't even get a hearing. Like usually they'll read it and give a decision. They went, no, we're not not even reading that, not taking it. So then we decided to do a bit of a hail mary and try and do the Supreme Court. But then same story. No, you're not allowed to do that. We're not even reading it. Bye bye. So then we decided to go to the European Court of Human Rights, and that was also rejected. But the problem was we were caught in a catch twenty two, because in order to appeal to the European Court of Human Rights, you have to exhaust all domestic remedies. So that means we had to try the Sheriff Court, the High Court, the Supreme Court, yeah. right? And then once they all knocked us back, we could go to the European Court of Human Rights. The problem was you need to file your appeal with the European Court of Human Rights within a certain amount of time after your last appeal, after your last event. Now, the problem was our last event was the Sheriff Court because okay. they were the only ones that actually read our case, reviewed it and gave it an answer. The High Court and the Supreme Court were just outright, we're not reading that, bye-bye. Right, outright rejections. So that meant that the Sheriff Court, which was years beforehand, was considered our last official appeal, so we were well out with the time limit. Okay. So they basically went, you're out with, out with the time limit, bye-bye, we, we, can't, we can't review the case. But the problem was, if after the Sheriff Court of Appeals we went to them, they would have went, oh, but you've not tried the High and Supreme so, Court yet. Okay. And everything, but then we would have to run out the timer applying to them when they wouldn't count as our previous appeal. So total catch twenty two. The problem it sounds like, uh, you know, in terms of the appeals process, well, they are just going with what the law says. Insofar as you know, actually, it sounds like the problem isn't the court; it's the it's the law in of itself. Yes. The law is wrong. Yes. So actually, it makes sense you wouldn't win the appeal because they are applying the law yeah. as it currently stands. Yeah. Which is, the judge can say, I subjectively think this is grossly offensive and therefore you are guilty. Yes. So it, it's, you were never going to win this, I suppose. Working as intended. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Um, so do you think there is any way to get this law? Ch- how, how do we do it? I like to say things like activism. I like to say things like, use your vote and everything. But I have... I have lost complete faith in democracy and everything like that. You know, it's a case of we've got two main parties right now. They're both absolutely terrible. Whoever you vote on, it's just going to be more of the same. And the SNP isn't much better. Let's the SNP are the <laughs> worst. I would probably say the worst of the lot. Just, well, in terms yeah. of free speech. And- in terms of freedom of speech and in terms of blaming absolutely everybody else for problems they cause. Because I wanted to ask you about it because the SNP have just put through their online bit their, uh, their, what's it called? Hate uh, the, crime, the, hate, the, the hate crime bill, yeah, hate where you can bill. get up to seven years in jail just for possessing an offensive meme on your phone. Is that right? Yes. I didn't know about that. Just for possession. Not even sending it to anyone or anything like that, just for possession. Because the stuff I've read about is things like um, Hamza Youssef, the Justice Secretary, saying that... He's not Justice Secretary What is anymore. he? He's now Health Secretary. He's he now was, Health Secretary. He was quietly moved to that after that law passed. It's really weird. Is that right? Yeah, super, okay. super strange. I wonder what happened. Well, I mean, it, maybe it's, this is an incredibly draconian, crazy law because yeah. it, it, it says something about the prosecution of people for things they've said in their own home. Yes. It also has a section on the public performance of a play. Yeah. So Play, stand-up comedy, com- things like right, that. Exactly. exactly. So all of this stuff. So, I, I don't mean, perform in Scotland. Well. I don't no. perform in Scotland. So, I come to England. So what... Why is the SNP worse than anyone? Why is, why is this sort of stuff worse in Scotland? Because it also feels like the Scottish police are the yep. ones that tweet out saying, we'll come to your door if you say something offensive. Be, be a good citizen, big brother is watching all that. All yeah. That, yeah, all that garbage. Or but is that just my perception is skewed? It's a case of... 
they think they're the good guys. That's the problem. Right. They think, oh, if we pass these laws, we're protecting these poor people who cares about human rights. Like that that's the issue is, you know, the the road to hell is paved with good intentions or whatever way the phrase goes. Like that that's the problem. Even yeah. though what they're doing is awful, the end justifies the means because they're the good guys. Like that's right. that's the problem that we have. Yes. Yeah, so with that in mind, how do we how do we face it? Because you know, it's all very well dealing with an enemy who knows they're the bad guy. Yeah. Right? But when they and I think I agree, I think a lot of these activists think they are doing they're on the side of the yeah. angels. You know, they think that locking up people for what they say protects yeah. marginalized groups rather than and it hurts them because it actually does end up hurting them. Until they get arrested. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So how do you tackle when the bad guys think they're the good guys? What do you do? Acceleration as in what's wonders. What do you mean by that? Basically, same as me, I didn't realise how bad a problem was until it directly affected me. Yeah. So I think we should let them push the freedom of speech stuff a little bit more. Right. And then we'll get a lot of glenners out there. Really? You think that's the only way we can... See, as soon as they start getting arrested for their left-wing talking points, they'll wake up. Well, we've had a bit of that with a couple of comedians like Joe Brown being investigated by the police. Yep. We've had the Jimmy Carr joke where... Um... Joe Lysett. Yeah, Joe Lysett. Um, didn't Nadine Doris say, the culture secretary said, uh, that a jokes like the Jimmy Carr joke should be subject to criminal prosecution under the new bill, right? So, Garbage. So yeah. with more and more things like this, and when it's happening to prominent people like Jimmy Carr, yeah. then maybe that's the, that's the only way when people, that people will wake up to it. Yeah, that will help with the accelerationism. People need to realise how bad this is going to get, right? Basically... Whenever governments do this, they do it so slowly. They do it like so gently. I think it was Jordan Peterson says, the government will encroach two inches and then when everyone starts screaming, it will stop, but it will stay where it is. Yeah. And then it will wait until everyone calms down and then it will encroach another two inches. And basically it just moves the wall. And this is a long, steady process over decades and decades yeah. that this happens, right? The government is not going to relent on it until people start kicking off. And it's a case of... Everyone says, oh, we're going to show them at the ballot box, you know, these MPs that voted in favour of this law. No, they don't. They never do. <laughs> Man, like, oh, in, in four years' time in the next election, I'm going to show them what for. But, but is like, it garbage. Is it because they, they buy into this thing of, like, cancel culture just being a myth? You know, all these, oh, yeah. you know, is it... I, don't, I love it when cancel culture's a myth. I don't know. It felt pretty real. <laughs> it felt yeah. pretty real, man. <laughs> yeah, what do you say to people like that? Because you must have been contacted by people who've been through various things, not, not the same as you, but... Oh, no, sure. one, of, one of the things that I love telling them, right, and this is, this is something that if you definitely want to get banned for Twitter, this is something you should say, right. is uh, there is no such thing as cancel culture. It's called being held accountable. Yeah. And what I like to say to that is there is no such thing as police brutality. George Floyd was just being held accountable. Right? What do they say to this? They get furious at that and they're like, no, that's not the same. What they did to him was absolutely horrible. And I'm like, exactly, right? Because, yes, if people have done bad things, they should be held accountable. As in, what should have happened to George's? He should have just had the handcuffs slapped on him and put in the back of the car and taken off for trying to use a fake $20 bill. Not murdered. Right. Right? That shouldn't have happened. Now, the same way we cancel culture is, okay, if someone says something absolutely horrible and you want to say, you know, they're a bit of a knobhead or something like that, that's fine. You can say that about them. But... When you take it too far like the cops did and you go like that, well, have you made a joke that made me feel bad for about 45 seconds, so I've decided that you shall be unemployed for the rest of your life. Right. The, that's the case. It's basically, it's extreme punishment for such a minor offence. It's like, it's, like, it's like giving a shoplifter 10 years. 
Yeah, yeah. Right, like the cancel culture thing, and it's a case of nobody knows where to draw the line because it's the mob. It's a case of you're trying to reason with an angry mob. You know, they're not coming out there to have a nice little chat. They're going to burn down the windmill and kill the monster. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. and that, that's the problem is cancel culture always gets taken too far. Maybe that's why they need to believe that you are secretly a Nazi. Yeah. Because the alternative is... Because they don't want to feel bad. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise they would have to say... I want to do oh, horrible things, but I don't want to feel bad about it. Like, you know, like, yeah. But that's it, because <laughs> if they had to say to themselves, well, actually, okay, if they had to admit it was just a joke, yeah. then they have to support the idea of a two-year trial, prosecution yeah. for, for a joke that people found offensive. And that's obviously ridiculous. Yes. So the only other alternative is, well, he must be secretly a neo-Nazi. Yeah, like, that's it. Even though I'm in the Libertarian Party. Right, okay. So, where, <laughs> yeah. so just to set the record straight, what are your politics these days? Where, where do you feel you're at? Libertarian. Everyone says, like, like my, everyone calls my version of libertarian anarchism. It's not. It's, I prefer the term private law society. Okay, so what do you mean by libertarian? Because people use the word differently. Right. <sighs> Want the government completely gone. Okay. Completely gone. That sounds anarchist to me. To an extent, it would be, but you know, people, some people call it ANCAP. I don't like the term ANCAP. I just like the fact that everyone goes off in their own little streets and properties and communes, and no one has absolutely any say over what they do on their own private property. And um, where does that? What about taxes and taxation? Oh, they wouldn't exist, man. Right. Those are, <laughs> what, what you mean? What you mean? You mean our protection money that the mafia takes? So all of this is a mistrust of the, the state. Yeah, the right? state is the root of all problems. Name a problem, and I can tell you why the government's behind it. Would you say that you've reached this conclusion largely out of your experience? I mean, would you like <laughs> I've kind of realised with the horrible way that the state has treated me that the state might be quite horrible, yes. Sure. <laughs> uh, and maybe more people will come around to your way of thinking if it happens to them. I mean, certainly, like... I'm amazed, you know, that, I'm amazed that more people haven't arrived at that conclusion where it's a case of so many wrong things and horrible things in their lives that the government's the source. The government's yeah. the source of the problem. And I don't understand why everyone's like, oh, what we'll do is we'll vote in another government. <laughs> it's just the same thing over and over again. I don't understand why more people haven't arrived at that conclusion. I suppose they're thinking that someday someone in the government will stand up against this sort of stuff and will attempt to sort, sort it out. But you're pessimistic. I'm extremely pessimistic about, about that. that. No, I, be I believe that that type of power corrupts. It does. Like, like, like I said, name, name the last great leader that we had. Like maybe, maybe, maybe Churchill. Because he and he still did some awful stuff. He did, some awful, <laughs> yeah. but he did yeah. defeat the, the the Nazis. He did, which yeah. he should get a bit of a. He definitely no, he, de he definitely <laughs> should. He definitely should. Yeah, like uh, that. I would I would define him as a great leader because of what he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, name name other ones. John Major. I'm joking. I don't know. I was I was like three or something when he was prime minister. No, I wasn't yeah. being serious there. Um, <laughs> so, but whatever it is, it's not far right. It's not. It's not far. It's neither. It's neither even right nor left. It's yeah. a case of. It's a case of whatever people want to do on their own private property is completely their business. Like, if you want to have a harem of femboys while growing opium on your front lawn, right? That's up to you. So as right. long as you're not encroaching on other people's rights, as, if you're not damaging other people's property or person, yeah. then I don't care. Right. I, I I honestly truly don't care. And so going forward. Are you just going to now full-time be doing the videos and are you going to go back into politics? I'm, st I'm still a member of the Libertarian Party and I did, I did actually get a message today where he's like, are you going to run again? And, everything. and what are you but thinking? I have a business and a baby <laughs> right now. So it's a kind of... Because I tried to do the election before with the baby and everything. And, oh, sweet Jesus. Really? 
I was bad. Yeah, <laughs> it was I mean, just, yeah. Yeah, you don't know until you've got one. I, they tell yeah. me. I don't have one, but <laughs> apparently yeah. they're a lot of work. They are. They're, they're an awful lot of work, yeah. So uh, I don't... Maybe in the future. Like but for now, just the YouTube. When they've grown up and moved out and got jobs and stuff like that. Another 18 years. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe 30 years. You never know what type of person you've got. Well, the way the housing market's going out, probably. <laughs> That's the government again. So where can... <laughs> Just to wrap up, because uh, I know we've got a, it's getting really hot in here. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> where can people find you? Uh, where can they see your videos? Uh, they can find me on YouTube, Count Dankula. They can also find me on Twitter, which I, I don't, I'm not going to shout that out, man, because uh, the, the way I act on Twitter is horrendous. <laughs> that, man, like, I actually feel bad for the way I act on Twitter. So just you, YouTube, Count Dankula. YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Well, Marcus, thanks so much for joining me. This has been the Free Speech Nation podcast with me, Andrew Doyle, and my guest, Marcus Meekin, a.k.a. Count Dankula. Make sure you check out Count Dankula's videos on YouTube. And if you enjoyed the show, please do like and subscribe. <laughs>